Blog Talk Radio. Hello, hello, everyone. I don't know what happened to our intro, but we're going to get started. Welcome to Real Talk with Tanya White. We're going to find that intro because I know everyone loves the Real Talk intro. My name is Tanya White, and we're talking about women who are celebrating, uh, shaking up the literary world. We have some fantastic authors on the show tonight. And before we get started, let's kick the intro. It's that time again. Time for some real talk about real issues to enhance your real life. Whatever you think, whatever you know, whatever you feel, Tanya doesn't mind talking about it. Get ready for some talk that is always rated to R because talk with Tanya has got to be relevant. Talk with Tanya has got to be refreshing. But most importantly, talk with Tanya has got to be real. Tune in right now for real talk with Tanya.
welcome to another show, Real Talk with Tanya White. We are still celebrating Women's Month. Our theme is helping every woman overcome every issue so that she can achieve every dream. We have had some phenomenal shows this month. We kicked it off talking about uh, with the interview with Kiki Wyatt, and we talked about sexual abuse. We've talked about self-esteem, why women cheat, dating dudes and don'ts for women. It has been a phenomenal month. We've been working hard. But this is the last Thursday of Women's Month. But don't worry, we still have two bonus shows on Sunday and Tuesday when we're going to be talking about, girl, handle your business. We're going to give some practical tips for women in business, talking about everything from website development, branding, sales, marketing, and making that money so your business can boom. We'd like to welcome everyone in the chat, Miss Hospitality Diva, Marcus Boston, who had a phenomenal show just a few moments ago. Every time we talk about men and women on any show, it's a hot topic. So I love that show. I love talking about relationships myself. And we're uh, uh, welcoming everyone who is coming in the chat and online. We have four phenomenal uh, authors tonight. We are celebrating women who are shaking up the literary world. We have Paulette Harper, author of the book, That Was Then, This Is Now, a Broken Vessel Restored. We also have Wanda B. Campbell, author of the hot new book, just got released last month, Illusions. So we're anxious to talk to her about that. And Michelle Larks, urban Christian fiction author. And she's going to talk about her new book, The Legacies. And we hope to talk about her other book, Keeping Misery Company, which was a hot book also. And we're going to have Rhonda McKnight. Uh, she's an urban Christian fiction blogger. And she's going to give us some tips and tell us what's coming up. Uh, her way for writers, if you're a first-time writer or a seasoned writer, she has some great uh, seminars and events coming up. And we also have Kimion Zaire. She is our Tell Us in 10 Women uh, Sisters in Business Spotlight. She's going to tell us about her coaching business, give us some t- practical life tips. It's going to be a hot show. And we also have a phenomenal co-host tonight, Ms. Charlene Vaughn, who is going to help me uh, share the co-hosting chair tonight. So let's click her on and welcome Ms. Charlene Vaughn to Real Talk once again. Hello, Charlene. Hey, Tanya. How are, How are you? you? I am fantabulous tonight. How are you? And the as other Lou? Well, <laughs> I am as well. What's the weather like up there? It is beautiful today. We had a wonderful day today. Yeah, we did too. So I guess spring is here for both of the Lou's. <laughs> right. So, uh, Sherlyn, you're going to be co-hosting with me tonight. So tell the Real Talk audience who you are once again. I am. I think I can almost say I'm part of the Real Talk family by now. Yes, you are. <laughs> yes, you are. Every Thursday, third Thursdays, you get in in yes, April, you're going to be a co-host. I'm part of the family, but besides that, I have my own live talk radio show, Unveiling the Mass, which airs starting in April every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Central Standard Time, as well as a transformational speaker and coach. And so I'm just excited to be on the call tonight. Well, it's going to be a wonderful show. We've been working hard at Real Talk all this month. This is our 11th show for the month. Oh, my God. Congrats. It's a lot of work, but we was doing it to help a sister out. Our theme is Every Woman. Uh, We have two more bonus shows, but after that, Real Talk is going to stick to its normal day and time of Thursdays. (laughs) 
We may do a bonus show here and there, but we're just going to stick to once a week. Thursday, I understand. Because we're tired. <laughs> but we've loved it all March. It's been March Madness for us, just like the basketball, but we've loved it. So tell us about your book, Weekly Wisdom, and where they can get it. Weekly Wisdom, 52 Ways to Live a Unfulfilled, a More Fulfilled Life is in stores now. It's in Borders. Um, and you can also pick it up on your online stores such as Amazon.com, Borders.com. You can also go to my website and purchase your book as well as some other goodies or to also um, sign up for my free newsletters, inspirational newsletters, come out every Wednesday at www.unveilingthemass. But is if if you want to be stress free, debt free, and drama free, then mm-hmm. weekly wisdom is for you. But you have to be ready to make that commitment in order to get a book. It's not simply a book that's just a cool read. It's more towards you changing your life, and it walks you through the steps and gives you bits of nuggets what you can do week by week to get that uh, life that you claim. Because a lot of people say we want a better life, but we're not willing to do what it takes to get it. Oh, oh. Lord. Kimmy Young's <laughs> going to talk about that. It's coaching investment. Because yes. at these times, as the economy is just shaky and people are trying to find their way for the next phase of their life, you need a coach. And she's right. going to talk about that because I know I wouldn't be where I am today without a coach. I know you wouldn't be where you are today without a coach. And so we need coaches, just like the basketball teams who are in the March Madness. And I have to say big ups to our Louisville Cards, the number one seed, <laughs> and they're doing well. But you know what, Tanya, just like you said, that a lot of people, I'm not quite sure the mentality that a lot of people have around coaching. Mm-hmm. It's not therapy. It's not counseling. You know, you're not sitting on some guru's couch. It's really you doing all the work. And yeah. you're only really ready to do the work. And like you said, everybody in life who's made some type of success, I don't care if you look at Beyonce, she had a musical right. trainer. If you look at Denzel, he had an actor trainer. It doesn't matter what phase of life that you're looking at somebody's success. They did not get there alone. They had someone in the sidelines coaching them and guiding them to be the best that they can be in their craft. And that's really all coaching is, is getting you out of that rut. And I always ask people saying, well, I don't think I need a coach. (laughs) If you could do it by yourself, you will be there by now. Say that again. (laughs) I tell, I mean, really and truly, because I can do a guy, really, if you could do that or if you knew the steps to do, you would do that by now. You will be exactly where you want to be, making the money that you want to make, living the life that you want to live if you knew how to do it. And Mm -hmm. it has nothing to do with your finances, the economy, who the president was a couple of years ago. It's all depend on you and your mentality. And that's it. And you mentioned some great people, and they still have a team of coaches around them. I I mean, they're not different areas of my life. Exactly. And you can't do it by yourself. But And I know the women on tonight, they've had writing coaches, they've had marketing coaches, mm-hmm. and that's why they are a, a few, just a few. There are a whole lot of women shaking up the literary world. But on tonight's show, God has seen forth to send four wonderful women uh, who are doing phenomenal things and who are watching. I'm seeing their name throughout the writing industry. They're doing phenomenal things in their craft. And, um, and so we're going to talk to them. We're going to have fun tonight. 
And so um, it's just going to be a great show. Once again, we'd like to thank all of our listeners, all those in the chat, online. Thank you for your wonderful support. We could do nothing without your support. I want to encourage you to visit TanyaWhite.com. Sign up for Tanya's Tips. It gives you tips for today to transform your tomorrow. And while you're signing up, you can do it now, TanyaWhite.com, T-A-N-Y-A, white is in the color. Go over to UnveilingTheMask.com. Sign up for Sherlyn's Corners. She sends phenomenal newsletters every week that just gives you a boost a boost of energy and motivation to do what you call to do. And while you're visiting our sites, order our, order our, our wonderful books. Sherlyn has a wonderful book. Uh, 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 no, you have Unveiling the Mask coming up. But her yeah. book that she has right now is Weekly Wisdom. I have uh, How to Deal with a Difficult Woman and Relationship Reruns. And you can get them on our site, or you can go to Amazon.com. But if you go to our site, we will do a personal autograph for you and uh, send it to you right away. If you're looking for affordable advertisements, I'm telling you, Real Talk is the way. So if you're looking to advertise your show, your book, send us an email at Real Talk at Tanya White. We have some sponsorship packages and some advertising packages that meet your wallet. You will get bang for your bucks and then a return on your investment. We love to hear your comments tonight, so give us a call at 347-215-6446, and we're going to talk about a new format that's going to start April 9th later on in the show. But, Sherlyn, our first guest is going to be Paulette Harper, and okay. she is our fellow uh, Writer's Hut uh, yeah. author. And so I'm anxious to talk to her about her new book. But before we get started, we're going to take a brief commercial break. So we'll be back in about two minutes. Paulette, I see you on the line. So get ready. May I have your attention, please? Do not attempt to adjust the radio. Stay tuned as we bring you this brief announcement. Greetings, family. This is TC and J&J Live Talk Radio. Stopping by let you know about our broadcast. You never know what to expect on J&J Live Talk Radio. We do interviews. We just added Mega Mondays. Also, living a single life and much, much more. You can join us at any time by logging on to www.jfjlivetalkradio.com. Once again, that's www.jfjlivetalkradio.com. If you would like to be a guest on our show or you need more information, please contact this number, 216-539-0630. Again, that's 216 216- Five three nine zero six three zero. Let's unify and take radio to the next level. God bless you. Join best-selling author, relationship coach, and expert Tanya White for her exciting new radio show, Real Talk with Tanya White, every Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Log on to www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Real Talk with Tanya White. Once again, that's blogtalkradio.com forward slash Real Talk with Tanya White. Real Talk with Tanya White features guests that include celebrities, artists, authors, business owners, public speakers, and other influential guests. To be a guest on our show or to send feedback, please email us at realtalk at tanyawhite.com. Once again, that's realtalk at tanyawhite.com. And always remember that Talk With Tanya has got to be relevant. Talk With Tanya has got to be refreshing. But most importantly, Talk With Tanya has got to be real. 
got to be real, y'all here, Real Talk with Tanya White. Welcome once again, my wonderful, sensational co-host, Sherlyn Vaughn. Hello, Sherlyn. Hello. Are you ready to talk to Miss Paulette? Yes, ma'am, I am. We're going to click on the line because we want to give her her entire time. Hello, Miss Paulette. How are you? All righty. Will you give me some feedback? Um, hello, Paulette? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. Welcome to Real Talk with Tanya White. How are you? I'm doing really good, Tanya. Thanks for having me on the show. No problem. I'm anxious to talk about your wonderful book. But before we get started, Sherlyn Vine, my sensational co-host, is going to uh, help answer some questions And as we talk to you today. Hello, Sherlyn. Nice to talk Hello, to you. Hello, Paulette. How are you? I'm doing good, thank you. Enjoying this California weather. <laughs> I know it. We've got some of that good weather in Louisville, Kentucky, so I- I'm okay. excited. <laughs> so, Paulette. <laughs> Tell us who you are in your own words. Well, I am a mother of two, grandmother of one, inspirational speaker, founder of Broken Vessel Ministry, workshop facilitator, and now a first-time author. Wonderful. How does that feel to finally birth a book? Wow, it has been incredible. It really has. God has really taken my life on a, on a fantastic journey that I never thought I would even be on, and uh, it's been a joyous ride for me. And I'm lo- I'm loving what God is doing in my life right now. Fantastic. It's a great season for me. Fantastic. This is the year for everyone to rise and shine, so you need to take advantage. So, Paula, we're going <laughs> to dig right into your book. Sherlyn's going to ask you a couple of questions, and then I'm going to chime in, okay? Okay. All right. Now, Tanya put me on the spot because I'm not on the computer today. You're not. But I do want to know, uh, tell us about your book. What's, what is the book about? Okay. Um, that was then. This is now. It's a nonfiction inspirational book. And in my book, I chronicle my trials, my troubles, and also my triumphs while dealing with um, a 23-year failed marriage. I was married to a pastor, so I share about my own personal struggles being in leadership and my own struggles dealing with the depression and the oppression and even bouts of suicide. But in the process of that, I really show the readers how God brought me through, uh, giving them biblical answers to life challenges, and found God to be true to his word and everything that I needed and was searching for. Um, God revealed to me that he was my deliverer, my, my healer, he was my sustainer. And so my book really does share about um, my own transparency. And I wanted readers to see what I had been going through um, being in the position that I was in and bringing light to the fact that the enemy doesn't care who we are in the body of Christ. Titles don't mean nothing to him, and he is out to steal, kill, and destroy, but that God he brought Jesus to give us um, life and more abundantly. And so I share in my book about what God did in, in bringing healness and wholeness to me in that process. Okay. okay. Now what I want to know, because as a first, I heard you mention that you were a first-time author. Yes. And I, I'm going to play just a bit of devil's advocate, but what is it that you feel makes your story different? Because a lot of people say, I know everyone has a story to tell, but what is it about your story? You mentioned a lot going on, depression, suicide, 
a failed marriage of 23 years. So you mentioned a lot, but what is it about your story that is going to captivate the attentions of the readers to where they can relate or say, well, if she did it, I could do it? What is it different about your particular book? Well, I think my book, um, because it's so personal, and um, and in my book, particularly in Chapter 3, I'm real honest about um, the the warfare that was going on in my life. And I believe that um, the honesty that I share coming from the fact that I used to be married to a pastor. And I know that a lot of people um, and a lot of first ladies, because I've talked to many of them, that they have um, really given me props because of the courage that it took to even write something like that. Because a lot of times we want to hide in ministry. We want to pretend that everything is okay. But no, in my book, Paulette, do you think so? Some people, I think, come on now. No, come we, on, don't, you know, we don't do that as church. Wait a minute. You, you, you got unveiling the mask now. Come on now. <laughs> you know I'm we do playing. that. I know we, we're the biggest hiders. And this is Kanye. Yeah. He hides so much. And you said so much in titles and position, and we exactly. even hide in, the, in our anointing that God, uh, oh God. Uh, blesses on us. And we think just because we're anointed and he unleashes that, that we're healed and we're okay and nothing's going to come to us. But there is warfare. <laughs> There's a lot yeah. of warfare. There is a lot of warfare. And so um, I'm real honest with, with the warfare that was going on in my life. And uh, and like I said, a lot of people don't want to be open and honest, especially in leadership positions. And so uh, I really give a platform for, pe- for people, and especially women of God, to, to come open, to be open and realize, you know what, I can say something. I can get healed and I can be made whole because she went through it and she walked this journey and she made it and I can sure can make it as well. Yes. Now, now how feel? Go, go ahead, ahead Shirley. You can go ahead. <laughs> now, how open do you feel that the church is? Because, like you said, you know, a lot of sisters in the church gave you props. But when you're talking about issues of failed marriages, especially being the minister's wife, mm-hmm. we're supposed to live this perfect, holier than thou. We have all the answers to mm-hmm. life when you're put in that position, and then you talked of thoughts of suicide and depression, and I know those issues similar to the ones I speak on with sexual and domestic violence, the church completely shuts down or shuns those type of open discussions or books of that or speakers who speak on the platform for the simple fact that it's going to unveil too many masks that they're not ready to reveal. So how did, before besides giving you props, did you experience the flip side of it where they was like, well, why would you tell your story or why did you come out with this? Well, no, actually nobody really knew what I was going to write about in my book. Okay. I told a few people that I was going to write a book. But they didn't know the contents of it, and they didn't realize how how deep it was going to go and how much exposure I was going to give to myself because in my book, I expose myself. Mm-hmm. And I don't, you know, um, 
bring condemnation on anybody else. I don't miss anybody in my book. It's, it's a book totally of integrity because I share about me and what God did in that process. And so um, when my book finally was released, there were many people curious to to find out, especially the haters and the naysayers, what exactly did she write about and did she say something about me? And they mm-hmm. found out I didn't say nothing about you. It was about wow. me and Jesus. Exactly. You get that, you know, when you're writing a book, you're looking for that encouragement, and sometimes you don't get it, but when it's finished, they want to say, is it about me? That's why I when I wrote How to Deal with a Difficult Woman. Well, I was like, look, if, if it's some applies to you, good. If it doesn't, good. But this right. is about me and how I need to deal with myself and how I want other people to deal with me. Now, Paulette, uh, you said uh, – you were inspired by your, your failed marriage to write mm-hmm. and birth this book. I know most writers, the final push to actually publish and finish a manuscript comes through tragedy or trial or test mm-hmm. that we go through. Now, in the process, did you ever think, oh, I shouldn't be writing this, I'm not, I'm not going to write this, let me put this down? Um, did you ever think that gets stalled anywhere? No, I, I I actually didn't. You know, um, the thing about it is when um, I realized that God was calling me to do this, mm-hmm. and I knew that it was going to all be about me, and I, I had gotten to a place where, you know, the timing of God is so perfect. Three years ago, four years ago, I wouldn't have been ready to write something like this. But because I was made whole and because God has healed me and he has delivered me, writing about my transition and what he has done was so easy for me. And it just flowed out of my heart and out of my spirit like it had happened yesterday. And I, you know, I credit God and I give him the glory in it because I saw how much I had grown. I had saw the hand of God on my life. I had saw how much he had had pulled me out of to get me to a place where I can freely share and talk about what he had did for me. Mm-hmm. Yes, and, and that's where you, you have to have that flow. I call it the writing flow. Mm-hmm. When you know it's pouring out of you and this is what you're supposed to do. Now, how long right. did it take you to actually write your manuscript and then edit it? Because some first-time authors want to rush the process sometimes and not pull out a quality book. How long did it take you to actually write the manuscript and then go through the edit and publishing process? Um, I started writing, uh, that was then, in January of 07. And uh, it took me about two months to write it. I was was done in about March. And then um, I decided to do uh, traditional publishing. So I saw a publishing company, which Tate, um, gave me the contract on, and actually um, I submitted a couple of my chapters to them uh, in March, and they contacted me in April with a book deal, and so the the editing and all that was encompassed in you know my contract with them, and so it actually took about eight months from um, production, which started in September, to, to my book being released in May of '08. Okay, fabulous. Yeah, got it good. Yeah, yeah. Sherilyn, do you have any questions? No, I'm just. Okay. But I do want to ask you in the, her your introductory. You list everything that you said you were doing, and, and as me and Tanya were speaking in the introduction about coaches and 
this is 2009. It's time for you to rise and shine. And I know a lot of people have dreams, such as mm-hmm. writing. It may be writing a book. It may be getting a book deal. It may, you know, it may. It's various things. So mm-hmm. I wanted to ask, where were you? When did you finally start making plans or preparations, or even? in the midst of what you were going through, because I believe everyone gets to a point in life where they say enough is enough. It's got to be more to life than just this. So what? at what particular point did you get to saying, you know what, it's more to life than this. I know God has something a lot better for me than this, mm-hmm. and actually start working towards it. Mm-hmm. Well, you're you're totally right, um, and it, I, I believe it was in um, 2006, because of everything that I had been going through, um, I began to seek the Lord, and in in the process of that, it was exactly what you were saying that I I didn't believe that God was allowing me to go through everything that I was going through in vain, and that there was something good that was definitely going to have to come out of my testings and my troubles that He had allowed me to go through, and but I didn't know that it was going to be in book form. And I was in a conversation one day with a, a sister friend of mine, and. I, w- I was being bombarded, you know, from every direction, and just really out of my spirit, um, I, I said, you know what, that is chapter one, that's chapter two, and not realizing that that, what I was speaking, was really being birthed in my spirit. And from that point on, I began to seek the Lord and ask him, okay, is this really what you want me to do? Do you want me to write a book? And it was, yeah. And, you know, and in that process of doing that, um did my goals, set my goals to be done with my book, and and was able to meet those goals. But really, um, being so being led of God to to do it, and then being instructed from by Him as exactly what I was going to put in, you know, in my book. Wow! Now, uh, Paulette, all writers have to be avid readers. I love to read, so. Mm-hmm. Who are some of your favorite authors right now who you look to and uh, they're like secret mentors or, you know, who are some of your favorite writers right now? Um, as far as uh, inspirational writings, I love T.D. Jakes, of course. Of course. Um, I, li- I, I read Joyce Meyer's stuff, uh, Miles Monroe. And uh, actually, probably within the last year, I have really been filling my way through some Christian fiction. Mm-hmm. And um, I love Wanda Campbell's books. I really enjoy reading her stuff. And then I also read uh, some of Michelle Simpson's novels as well. Okay. And we have a question from the chat from Mr. Z. He said, did you find uh, your writing to be cathartic as you was writing your story? I actually did. I um, After each chapter, um, I began to reflect on how far God had really brought me. And I could see the process. I could see the therapy. I could see God had, you know, delivered me and brought hope and healing to me. So, yeah, it really was therapeutic. And, and I began to cry after every chapter because I, I would look back and say, man, I was a – I was a mess back then, but where I am right now, I can only attest and give God the glory for that because God really does bring a message in anybody's mess if they allow Him to, uh, if they allow Him to take the process in which you know takes them through. And process is not always easy. It's, it's not always 
God doesn't always take you through the easy route to get you to the place where he wants you to go. Sometimes it's difficult getting there. And, and, and it was difficult, but I, I, where I am right now, I would not trade what I've gone through for the world. Right. I wouldn't change anything because of where it has gotten me. And God is getting the glory in my life far beyond I could have ever imagined uh, or, or even comprehend. Fantastic. Now, Paulette, we've come to the end of the rainbow. Time flies when you're having fun. But before we go, I want you to give your contact information, tell of any upcoming events or projects you have. Okay. Um, I'm actually going to be uh, doing some workshop um, facilitating it within my own church in Northern California. I actually live in Richmond and uh, attend New Birth in Pittsburgh, so I'm going to start doing some workshops there. Um, as far as reaching me, people can contact me on my website, which is www.bbbrokenvesselministry.org, or they can email me at paulet underscore h-a-r-p-e-r at yahoo.com. My book can be purchased uh, through Tate Publishing, either CD, digital download, ebook, or even paperback. They can copy uh, the book, of course, on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Borders, and at all the major bookstores. As far as events, I'm actually going to be doing uh, some event signings this weekend. I'm going to be at Love Unlimited Bookstore in Richmond, California, uh, this Saturday from 1 to 3, and that's off of Cunning. And then also something new that um, has uh, been, been coming up is doing a book signing at a, at a deli, actually, on Thursday, April the 2nd in Palo Alto, California, from 7 to 9. Well, you are doing great things, shaking up the literary world as God uh, uh, bursts you, and we expect more great books, and we want you to get broke. This is, that was then, this is now, at uh, bvministry.org. And, Miss Paulette, thank you so much for joining Real Talk. I know it won't be your last time. Well, thank you uh, for having me, Miss Tanya and Miss Cheryl Lynn. Bless you both. Thank you, you and uh, we will follow up with you later tonight. Okay, that sounds good. Thank you. You have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. That was Paulette Harper, author of the book that was then, this is now, uh, Broken Vessel Restored, and we're talking about women who are shaking up the literary world. And, Sherlyn, you're doing a phenomenal job. That's why I love co-hosting with you. <laughs> you just, you know, you just come, you just bring it every single time. <laughs> so, well, Sherlyn, give your information one more time as we get set for Miss Michelle Larks to come on. Okay. You can reach me, I'm all over the web, but you can reach me at my website at www.unveilingthemask, and that's M-A-S-K, dot com. Also sign up for my free weekly newsletters. Uh, just hit on the link of sign up for submissions or Sherlin's Corner, as well as you can visit my own radio show at blogtalkradio.com slash unveilingthemask. All right, and we'd like to say hello to all the people in the chat, Sassy Entertainment, Hospitality Diva, Destiny Talk Show, uh, Arthur Shalana, Toy Talk. We're just waiting patiently to get her back on the show. She has a new book coming out. Uh, Marcus uh, Boston, uh, Mr. Z, and all the guests, welcome to Real Talk with Tanya White. We're talking about women who are shaking up the literary world. We're celebrating in the midst of Women's Month. 
And so this is our topic for the night. If you have any questions, comments, please call 347-215-6446. And we are set and ready for our next author, Sherlyn, Michelle Larks. She has she is an urban Christian fiction author. Urban Christian fiction, let me just give big ups to them. They have some great authors. And they are like becoming the the standard of excellence in Christian fiction and nonfiction, so big ups to them. We have several other authors on tonight. Uh, but we would like to say uh hello, a welcome hello to Miss Michelle Lark. She is the author of The Legacies and also she released a book last year called Keeping Misery Company, which the title alone just intrigued me, Sherlyn. Mhm. Because we all sometimes <laughs> You know, misery, misery loves company, so company. I... Company, <laughs> yes. A lot of company. I'm going to have to dig more into that book and find out what it's exactly about. Yes, yes. And sometimes you just got to tell that company to leave, and mm-hmm. they are no longer welcome. But let's see if she is on the line uh, right now. Welcome to Real Talk with Tanya White. Is this Michelle? I'm here. How are you? Hello. How are you? I'm good. All right. Getting a little feedback. Hello? Okay. Yes. Okay. All right. We are excited to have you on the show, Miss Lark. So before we get started, tell us who you are in your own work. I am a work in progress, I think, as many people are. Mm-hmm. Um, mother, wife, sister, daughter, aunt, friend, you know, just enjoying life's journey and going through the bumps and bruises like everyone else goes through. Yes. Well, listen, you have two hot books out <laughs> right now, and uh, your new book is The Legacies. Correct, but, uh, yes. Last year you released another hot book I saw all over the web, Keeping Misery Company. And when did you know that you wanted writing to become a, uh, a part of your life? How did you get into writing? You know what? Um, when I look back over my life in some shape, form, or fashion, I have always written, be it a journal poetry. I think for a while I was the poet of the family, um, in my particular family. If someone graduated, um, a, a person or relative had a milestone birthday or even funerals, I would get the call, you know, can you write something? Can you write something? So I think it kind of started back then, but in um, 2002 when self-publishing hit the scene, one of my sisters said, Michelle, it's time for you to get started. And that was the push that got me into serious writing, and I've been on the tear since then. Wow. Now, let, I want to go back to Keep the Misery Company, and I know Sherlyn, my co-host, wants to talk about that. <laughs> We're going to talk about the legacy, though. But okay. that, that title is so intriguing. How, what is that about, and how did you come up with that? Okay. Actually, Keeping Misery Company, I had self-published a book. I was at a ophthalmologist's office, and I sold a copy of the book to a lady that was there, and she said, you know what, you should write a book about um, an older couple, their children leave the nest, and the husband leaves the wife for a younger woman. So I said, okay, you know, who knows, that might come about. I'll keep that in the back of my mind. Then one of my male coworkers said, you should write a book about why men cheat. 
And I said, well, first of all, I'm not a man. I don't cheat, so I don't know if I can really do anything with that subject. He said, but you're a writer. You have an imagination. You can come up with something. So I thought about both their suggestions and put both of them together, and Keeping Misery Company was born from those two suggestions. So it's actually about um, an older woman who's been married close to 35 years, and her husband leaves her for a younger woman. And I guess they were kind of like on different planes in life. You know, he wanted his time with her. The children were out of the house, and she still couldn't quite cut the apron strings. And that was their dilemma, one of their dilemmas, I should say. So that's 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 really Keeping Misery Company in a nutshell. I have a couple of... Um, subplots going on there in the background. Um, Ruth, my main character in that book, her brother is estranged from her family because he's gay, and she learns that he's dying of AIDS, so she brings Mm -hmm. him home to stay with her, and that kind of takes her mind off the problems with her husband. So she has the drama of the husband, you know, trying to bring about a reconciliation with her family, and she has two daughters and a son and just everyday drama. So wow. that's the gist of the story. Wow. And Miss Rhonda McKnight in our chat says that was a very good novel. So because you, Miss Michelle. Thanks, Rhonda. <laughs> and we have a question from chat, too, Michelle. Okay. Mr. Z, we're still getting feedback. Are you on one of those Skype phones? <laughs> No. Oh, okay. Actually, I'm on an AT&T phone, so I'm surprised. Yeah. Okay. Um, with the plethora of writers, this is from Mr. Z, with the plethora of writers emerging, how does how do you stay, he says, how does one stay confident and able to attract and maintain a readership base? To me personally, by writing stories that are real, that people mm-hmm. can relate to. That's what I think the key is. Um, with being a Christian fiction author, you have to have that spirituality in the book. And I think is what if you can present it to everyday people going through problems that, you know, a lot of us authors may describe in the book, that'll that'll definitely garner you some readers. Yeah. Well you said a key word. You have to be real. And I think we're in a season where people are tired of the phony, the fake, and they want real talk. Real talk with how you wife about real issues. <laughs> For real. Definitely. Definitely. People are looking for that realness, that authenticity, and they're just tired of being raked and and over the mud and being uh, masqueraded to. Right, and I think they like to read, you know, some people can um, relate to different stories that I've read, and if it has a positive outlook as well as some type of steps or a procedure that a person went through to overcome their dilemma or whatever, they're interested because Mm -hmm. it might be their story. Yes. So I yes. think that helps. If you keep it real, I think it helps a lot. Yeah, that is definitely it. Now, uh, Charlene, you have any questions? Before I, you know, I can just roll on. <laughs> I'm always asking people questions. Now, I do have a question, but it's more pertaining to your writing style. Okay. Um, just the name. Keeping Misery Company. That would, if I was walking in the bookstore, I'd be like, "Ooh, what is this about?" And we all know, as authors, you have like about 15 seconds <laughs> uh, on the bookshelf, really, to True. grab the uh, reader's attention to make her check that book out or purchase that book. But I want to know: Is there a method to your writing? 
when you're, um, do you start off with the title, or does the title come to you more when you're in your writing style? It comes to me probably after I finish the book okay. or manuscript. Sometimes I've tried to give it a name ahead of time, and then after I'm finished, I'm like, man, that's nowhere near what I expected it to be. So I think after the fact, I'll work on the manuscript, and as I get maybe into a third or two-thirds of it done, then I'll know exactly, you know, what I want to call it. Okay. And my other question is for all the authors who may be listening or aspiring authors who are listening, what was your process? I know every people say, well, I have a book I want to write, or I'm working on a book, and a lot of times when they tell me that, I say, what's the title? They don't have one. Well, how many pages have you wrote? They don't have it. Right. So what right. is it? Um, because everyone thinks that a man, once I tell my story, my book going to blow up. So mm-hmm. <laughs> what advice would you give to expiring authors who are, or and maybe first-time authors, and, it, and then it could be long-term authors because I believe, like with any craft, especially with writing, you never get to the point to where you know it all. True. So what is it about what information or advice would you give to beginning authors or expiring authors on how to really make a name for themselves with their book? Um, One of the things I tell them, and I do get a lot of emails regarding that, and you're exactly right. You know, they may say, well, I want to know how to, you know, get my book published. And I'll always have to ask that tough question, is it written? Yeah, and fifty percent of the time it's <laughs> no, not. No, it's not. It's not even so right. that makes it a little easier <laughs> because I'll say, well, you know, you you really need to write it, and then they'll email me back and they'll say, well, I don't know how to get started. What do I do? And I'll say, well, you could start, you know, you could start your book or the theme of your book around an event, or it could be with someone's birth. But you got to pick a starting point and write around that event or whatever. But um, I, what I really like to say is if you have that passion and that hunger and the, the laptop just calls you or that ink pen, do it. You know, you really be surprised at the results. Um, I, did, I never really envisioned myself as a writer, although I, know, I knew to a certain extent that I could. But I never at any point in my life said, man, I really want to be a writer. And I've been in the IT field for a long time. So I kind of always knew that that was my niche. Then um, I was talking to my brother after I had um, self-published a couple of books and then after I had published with Urban. And he said, well, Michelle, you know, you told me in 1995 you wanted to write a book. And we went back and forth, and I said, I have no recollection of ever making that statement. (laughs) And he said, you really did. I'm like, nah, not me. But I think when my sister gave me that push, I found out I had a lot to say, a lot. And, you know, you know, not bragging or anything, but I feel like I'm making good headway with this writing career. I'm enjoying it. And if it's something that you love, you'll put in the time to put out that quality product like you were saying. Now I have a, a question 
for, I guess, once again, and it doesn't have to be to authors per se, if you're whatever field that it is that you're looking to be successful in. I heard you mention in your story that your brother had mentioned that based on the conversation, that right. you were going to get started in 95, and it was your sister who gave you the push. So it sounds like you had support that saw a vision for in you before you started yourself. But what about those people? Because we know our family could be and most often are our very biggest critics. Right. So, because I remember, and I'm not sure about Tanya's story, but I remember uh, maybe 10 years ago I was telling everybody I work with, you know what, I'm going to do my own thing and write my own book. And they were like, yeah, what are you going to write about? Yeah, who's going to read it? But now they're like, oh, my goodness. You know. So what is it, what would you say to those people? Because a lot of people, and I, I understand you have to have that passion and that tenacity, but when you are reaching out to people who you feel, whether it's family, best friend, spouse, a significant other, when you're, how does this sound, baby? Or I want to write a book and they don't give you that encouragement. How do you, what advice would you give them to keep on trucking? You find someone who you can talk to who can kind of be a mentor. And over the years, believe it or not, I've mentored a lot of new authors. And, you know, I think as long as they have that support, that person they could go to, I remember before I, I think before I even wrote my book, I went to a book signing at a local library in Chicago, and Kimberly Lawson Roby was there. Mm-hmm. And I had already contacted her in the past. I was in a book club, and I had questions about the book, and she responded. Mm-hmm. And at that um, book signing at the library, she said, if you have any questions, you know, feel free to email me. And that's exactly what I did. I mean, not excessively, but, you know, just to have someone to go to. Because when you're starting out, you really don't know who to go to for advice. And the best place to go is somebody who's been where you're trying to go. Mm -hmm. And I would email her and just ask her questions about the business, and she was a lot of help. And in turn, I try and do that, you know, when I meet new authors or People may just ask me, you know, like, well, I don't know how to get started. I may say, well, you know, you might want to look into taking an online writing class. You know, yes. you might want to, you know, uh, attend some seminars, some workshops. You know, it's people out there to help you, but a lot of people just don't know where to go to get the information. So I'll try and steer them in those directions, you know, outside of mentoring people, you know, when I have the time. And even when I don't, if, they'll just, if, they, if they email me and ask me a question, they'll definitely get an answer. And if I can't help them, I can po- po- at least point them in the right direction. You said something so important because our time is out. But, Michelle, you said something important. You asked. Right, you have to ask. You can't be shy. You definitely have to ask. A lot of times we forfeit our blessings or don't receive uh, what we we can achieve because we don't simply ask. I'm one. My dad used to always say, you need to ask because it's either going to be yes or no. Right, and see, in my field, with my background, I'm in a, you know, I always have to ask questions because I would never be able to do my job. So it was easier for me because I was already in that mode. But, um... Like I said, it's my passion. I'm always growing and learning things. I'm a work in progress. But, you know, I can truthfully say, you know, it's been good. It's been a good ride, you know, with the IT, and I just love the literary field. It's it's just been wonderful. It's been a blessing. 
Well, we are so glad. We didn't get to talk about legacy, so we're going to have to have you back, Miss Lark. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> but I want you to give your contact information before we let you go. Okay. I can be reached on the web at www.michellelarks.com. I'm on MySpace, Facebook. I'm just all over the place. So if you yeah. do a Google search, you can definitely find me. And I wanted to mention I have another book coming out in June, three, four months, called Till Debt, D-E-B-T, to do us part. Wow. So Is that fiction that. or nonfiction? It's fiction. Once oh. again, um, an urban Christian book release. All right, oh, this okay. is the Urban Christian Fiction. Yes. They're doing big things. Yes, we are. We're trying. We're going to Urban Christian Fiction Day on Real Talk with Tanya White. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. So, well, thank you so much, Ms. Locks. You have been marvelous. Thank and you we're for gonna... having me, Tanya. I appreciate it. And nice mm-hmm. meeting you, Sherilyn. You too. We're going to have you back soon, but we'll follow up with you later. Okay, sounds good. Okay, thank you. You have a good night. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. 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 Wow, Sherilyn. Michelle was great. She gave a lot of great information. Uh, and you know what, Tanya, with me, you, and Paulette Harper, and Michelle Locks, the underlining thing that every one of them said, uh, I don't know if they heard a pre-introduction, but they all said they reached out to one. They had a mentor, they had a coach, they had someone in their life to help give them that nudge. Yes, and we're going to talk about that with our a diamond coach herself, who is a part of our Tell Us in 10 a sister in business spotlight. She's going to talk about the importance of coaching because you do need a coach in anything you do, whether it's writing a book, uh, losing weight, trying to get out of debt. But one thing I want to encourage people to do, if you have a passion or and want to fulfill your purpose, you just got to take those steps of faith and focus and reach out to friends, families, and foes sometimes can help you out. Uh, because they'll tell you the truth when they don't like you for real, mm-hmm. and then you can take it from there. But uh, we're going to talk about two two more wonderful authors. Rhonda McKnight is going to talk about the marketing and promotion aspect and talk about urban Christ- her urban Christian blog, Shirley. And then Wanda okay. uh, Campbell is going to talk about another urban Christian fiction author, her new book, Illusion, and maybe we can dig some more into uh, – the writing itself, the process, because we got a lot of great questions in the chat. Big ups to Z, uh, all the people in the chat who are asking great questions. We're going to get to them, and people are answering them in the chat. So I love chat tonight. It's so participatory, and that's what we love here on Real Talk with Tanya White. If you have a show, feel free to post your website. This is a listener-friendly show, positive, family-friendly environment, so keep it positive, you all. I know I don't have to say that, but I do have to say that sometimes. But uh, (laughs) just keep it positive. We're going to take a break, and we're going to play one of my favorite songs. This song motivated me to uh, get into writing, finally live my dream as a writer, and that is Joe Scott's song, Golden. And listen to the words, and I guarantee that you will be pumped up to do what you're called to do. All right, we'll be back in about four minutes. Freedom. 
right, y'all. We living a golden life on Real Talk with Tanya White. I love, love, love that song and Jill Scott. Tanya, we don't have to do a music show because I Girl, like. Girl, don't tell me that. I will unleash <laughs> my inner DJ Sweet Ice Tea in the place to be. I can really say I think I was a DJ in my former life too. But you know what song? Well, I have I have a many of them. But my all time favorite when I'm I need that motivation, I need that extra cook, uh, that extra kick in the butt, is ain't no stopping me now. I know I it. Love right? that song. Badden Whitehead. Look. <laughs> yes. I did unleash my inner DJ March 1st. We had a Don't Stop the Love music show, and I play all the love songs that help you find, fix, and focus on love. Check out those archives. I'm telling you. Well, we're going to have to do a show that uh, one of those make it happen shows with some Scott and some NDRE and some of that old school. (laughs) Don't tell me. You know, June is Black Music Month. We're going to have to make that one happen. We will make it happen because we're here at Real Talk. Tanya loves music. I will get some music for you. Make and, it happen you know, I have you. music to suit my cleaning moods. Yeah. My quiet down moods. Yeah. <laughs> I can have a whole concert by myself, honey. I know, that's right. Well, hey, Sherlyn, we have the Diamond Coach herself. She is in our Tell Us in 10 Sisters in Business Spotlight. This is a special segment because we're celebrating Women's Month. Our theme is helping every woman overcome every issue so that she can achieve every dream. And Miss Kimion Zaire is on deck, and we would like to welcome her to Real Talk with Tanya White. Hello, Kimion. Hey, Dr. White. <laughs> How are you? I am fantabulous, Kimion. Thank you so much for being on Real Talk with Tanya White today. I thank you for inviting me. I really... Um, enjoy your show, and enjoy your generosity. You are a very generous oh. woman. appreciate that. Thank you so much. Well, I have a sensational co-host once again tonight, Sherlyn Vaughn. Sherlyn. Hi, Sherlyn. How are you? I'm doing well. How about yourself? Fine. Excellent. So, Kimmy, you're in our Tell Us in 10 Sister in Business Spotlight. So tell us in 10 minutes, first of all, who are you? In your own words. <laughs> I love asking people that. Yeah, when people ask me that, I always have the same answer. You know, I'm a spirit here in human form serving a purpose, and that's pretty much it. Um, I, I love what God has done with me as a woman and as a person and how he's changed my heart because I do remember. Mm. Yes, Lord, I do too, <laughs> Ooh, I remember, I remember. So listen, Kimyon, you have, you call yourself the Diamond Coach and you have a business. Tell us what your business is and what you do. Well, I pin myself the Diamond Coach because I see my life as that of a diamond. You know, there's a process to life, and uh, we, we go through the cutting and the shaping and the molding and the sanding and the polishing before we are brilliantly sparkling. And so I'm going through that phase in my life, and I noticed that um, because I have this fascination for diamonds. And so when I started to do some investigating about the diamond, I saw, wow, you know, my life is like that. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I pinned myself the diamond coach because that's way, the way I coach. 
I coach um, through the cutting and the shaping and the molding because I feel like if we're just doing action plans, and don't get me wrong, those are great, but if that's all we're doing, we're really not getting to the root of why people are not doing certain things, um, why they don't really know who they are. Because you know, Tanya, when you ask that question, a lot of people can't answer that question. Exactly. So. That's why I ask people because I want, because you know, I give the bios, but sometimes we need to know who we are because when we know who we are, we can live that golden life as Jill Scott sings about. <laughs> Absolutely. And you don't have to fake in front, you know. Um, I'm one of those simple women who don't need a lot. I don't need a lot. Um what it's about is how my heart is. You know, I'm really concerned about my heart. And um, I had open heart surgery not too long ago, and uh, I always say God really did open my heart at that particular time. It changes things. Mm -hmm. It changes the way you think and how you feel about life. It also changes the way you see yourself. So I have a lot of stories, girl. I could go for ten more. Well, listen, we're going to have a Kimmy on our, trust me, trust that. You're going to have your own set on Real Talk real soon. Yes, uh, we're having a good time, having a good time. But I want to just quickly say that we, um, I am doing more, I'm, Going more into group coaching, I, I do the one-on-one now, but I really want to go into the group coaching, so I have been collaborating with other coaches, doing some group coaching. Um, I also have my own uh, radio blog talk show. It's a new one coming up next week, and we'll be dealing specifically with single women and um, divorced women over 40 seeking to reinvent themselves. So we're really going to do some digging in that mine. Repeat <laughs> uh, that again. What is it going to be? <laughs> we're going to be digging in that mine. <laughs> What's the topic of the show going to be next week? It is uh, what is a beautiful woman? Okay. What does she look like? Yeah. And why do we snarl at her? <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> We get ready to dig in the ground with that one, girl. I'm telling you. And um, I also have another show uh, that I'm doing in Massachusetts, which is a drive time AM show in the morning at 8, I believe it's 8.30 drive time. In my hometown, I'm going to be doing a segment of the Diamond Air Living Lifestyle Series. So I'm very excited about that, going back home on the air. (laughs) All right. Right. Yes, it's fun. It's fun right now, girl. It is. It, you know, I'm having the best, absolute best time of my life ever. And so I'm enjoying life right now. I'm enjoying where I, I am. I can tell. You know, I, I, love, I love life. I love, love, love life. Hey, Kimmy on. Yes, ma'am. Let me ask you something. Why? Why is it so important? You say you do coaching. And as me and Sherlyn talked about earlier, a lot of people still don't understand what coaching is and are a little hesitant about it. How has coaching, I know you have a coach, I have a coach, Sherlyn has a coach. Uh, How has coaching helped you birth into who you are and why is it so important that we get one, especially at this critical time of turning in our society? Let me tell you something my mama used to tell me. Let's just get it on down to right there. Mama knew, uh, I see you better than you see yourself. My mother used to tell me that 
over mm-hmm. and over and over again. And, you know, I didn't pay any attention to it at that time. Mm-hmm. But people see you better than you see yourself. They, yeah. They're looking at your your moves and your actions. And, you know, when you talk, you, you, you think you're just talking, but people are listening. And they can hear things that you don't even know that you're saying. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's good to have someone there. My friend does that for me. And it, it stings a little bit, but it's helpful. It is very helpful. So a coach can see you better than you can see yourself. That is absolutely That's right. That's the answer I can give you. Yeah, they see behind the bush, on the side of the bush. They mm-hmm. see the, 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 the obstacles that you're running into. Mm-hmm. Tell you, you know, you can go ahead and run into that, but let me give you another alternative. And a coach, I want to tell everybody, a coach is not somebody who makes you do anything. They're just there to guide you. And you choose. It's all about choices. Um, it is your choice. Yeah, and you what can. I really do like about um, learning about coaching, because I, I feel that I've been doing that all my life anyway, but the skill behind coaching is the things that you don't see. And, see, I would have never thought that. A coach recognizes things that you don't see. See, they, they listen to what you say, but they hear what you don't say. I and I was like, wow. <laughs> That's and, it, and, you know, the thing about it, what um, the Diamond Coach was saying earlier about what her mother told her, mm-hmm. people can genuinely feel when you're being sincere. Yes. And they know Absolutely. when you're being fake. And a lot of times we get though we feel that we have to act a certain way or we gotta get it all together and people can sense that. That's why if you whatever your situation is, if you're full of full of drama or you keep attracting drama, it's some drama in you. Mm-hmm. So when you really make that commitment, whether it's towards your passion or, you know, changing your life around for the good, the coach is simply there as a guide. Because, you know, a lot of times we like to throw up those mechanisms such as, I don't know why they keep happening or I don't <laughs> know what's going on. Well, the coach is there to say, you know. You know. Dig a little deeper, you know. And we ask those questions <laughs> that you just can't say I don't know to because that's that defensive mechanism that a lot of us, even I sometimes, and I'm a coach myself, and I'd be like, I don't know what that, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she was like, come on, Cheryl, and get real. Yeah. So, uh, you know, and it's just really about in 2009, you know, with Barack Obama, what other excuse do you have not to change your life around? Nothing. Absolutely. Absolutely. So it's a great thing. I'm glad to have them. I'm glad to be one. Right. Yeah. <laughs> listen, Kimyon, our time is gone. But listen, <laughs> give us your contact information and tell us what's coming up next for you. And we are we're definitely going to book you uh, for a future Real Talk. We're going to have uh, uh, some Kimyon time on Real Talk. I would love to do that. And I'd love to return that favor, girl, because you know you need to come <laughs> on the Diamond Air Lifestyle and showcase them books. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do, girl. We'll do. So. Um, you can reach me at www.onediamondcoaching.com, and that is the number one, diamondcoaching.com. You can also uh, reach me at marketing marketingyou.ning.com, where I am one of the top five coaches on her site. Wow. Um, what okay. else do you need? My, you want my phone number? I'll it's give it out. Give it out. Somebody needs some diamond coaching. It's 704-614-2988, 
And um, the new thing coming up for me is uh, building a curriculum for Problem Solvers Unlimited, um, which is also coming on Blog Talk next week. Excellent. We're excited about it. Excellent. Yes. So Catch show. So no problem, Kimion, girl. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And I look forward to uh, chatting with you very soon, Tanya. Yes. Thank you so much for listening, as always. And we're going to follow up with you later, Kimion. Righty. Thank you. Bye-bye. Hey, Sherwin, we got on deck. Miss Rhonda McKnight is another uh, urban Christian fiction uh, soon-to-be urban Christian fiction author, uh, but right now she's a blogger for Urban Christian Today, and we see her hand up. So we're going to welcome uh, to Real Talk with Tanya White, Miss Rhonda McKnight, as soon as Block Talk wants to release her. <laughs> Girl, Block Talk, I love Block Talk. I love, love, love Block Talk. Can, can you hear me? Yes, I can now. Hello, oh, okay. Rhonda. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? I am fantastic today. Thank you so much for your participation in chat, answering those phenomenal questions that we have tonight. I, I always have a lot to say. Thank you for, for having me on. No problem. Listen, we have my sensational co-host, Sherlyn Vaughn. Hello. Rachel. Hi, Sherlyn. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. Well, we're going to dig right into uh, asking you all these Phenomenal question. You're the expert for tonight, whether you want to be or not. And so before we get started, I always like to ask every guest, tell us who you are in your own words. Okay. Well, I'm an author. Uh, I'm also a freelance editor. I think the most important job I have is I'm a mother to two sons, a 17-year-old and a 3-year-old. Oh, wow. Uh, Rhonda, how? Yeah. Long break, long break. And um, I'm also the vice president of an 18-member writers group here in Atlanta, uh, Faith-Based Fiction Writers of Atlanta. Um, We've got several uh, multi-published essence best-selling authors in our group. And we, uh, our primary writing uh, focus is Christian fiction. Mm-hmm. And so that's just, that's, that's kind of me. That's my story in a, in a short little line. <laughs> and let me say, you're being so humble. You all have the most, the best of the best in that writing group, okay? Yes, we do. We, have, we do. We oh, do. You have the best of we the do. best in the writing industry right now. So I'm just going to give you your kudos right now. I've learned a lot. I've watched a lot of them, and I'm still learning. So thank you for your commitment to uh, just learning the craft and being willing to teach others. It, I, it's, a, it's a blessing. It's a, I'm blessed to be in the group um, and really appreciate uh, the sisterhood. Yes. And the networking and, you know, the sharing and openness. It's a, it's, you're right. It's a great group, and I am amongst the best. So yes. I consider myself very blessed to be in, to, to actually lead. I was the president last year, and I stepped down to vice president this year um, just because I was overwhelmed with, with, you know, just my book coming out this year and things that I had mm-hmm. to do. But just even being able to lead, you know, those leaders. <laughs> right. Right. Was was a blessing, you know. Awesome. Now you mentioned so much, and we we hope to get to everything. But I want to ask you this question: as an editor, you say you're a freelance editor, mm-hmm. and as a teacher, I teach writing to our future, our elementary kids, and plus I'm a writer. What are five common mistakes that first-time authors, in your opinion, make from the editing side and all your experiences in the writing industry? 
from the, the mistakes that I think that most first-time authors or make is often people don't, don't study the craft of writing. Mm-hmm. I think that people think about writing as just like this magical gift and they have this story inside of them, and, and all of that is true, mm-hmm. but writing is, is, a, is a craft also. When you have gifts, you have, to, you have to work on them and you have to develop them. You know, people just don't, someone may be born with the gift of being able to play music and they just don't sit down and, you know, play a, a concert piece. You know, they, they work and they practice and they learn how to play that piano. Same thing with an artist. How many canvases do they go through before they create a beautiful painting? Well, with writing, I think sometimes people think, you know, that their voice is enough and they sit down and they, you know, they bang it out. Um, you know, self-publishing is a wonderful thing. Independent publishing is great. And we certainly need um, that, that medium in the African-American community because, you know, in, in traditional publishing, you know, you have a lot of closed doors to us, you know, um, mm-hmm. that I believe are opening uh, slowly. But, you know, for some people to become published, that would be the only way to go because some editors just don't understand our stories, don't want to see them, don't want to hear them. However, with that has come the freedom <laughs> to publish anything, you know. Ooh, you and, 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 okay, and that's what's happening. <laughs> so I think number one is um, one of the things that I see as an editor is I see people who want to pay me to edit their work that is not near ready. For editing, yeah. they have, and, and I actually turn down work like that. I don't, I don't edit. I'm not going to write your book for you. What I can do for you is I can tell you what you need to go read and what you need to do to make it better. Because it's I'm just giving you claps right time. now, Miss Rhonda, because I consult a lot of first-time authors, and that right there, what you just said, that is the hardest thing to get people, first-time authors, first of all, who are have not developed their craft of writing. They just want to produce a book, right? Because they think they're going to make all this. Uh, All this money. Of, of money. <laughs> and, be um, and so they want to rush the process. Right. And I have to right. tell them. I said, it may it may take you a month to write a manuscript, but the editing is going to take at least, at least six months to a year for you to get it perfected. And they don't want to hear it. So they don't want to hear That's that. True. So um, a, a, another another piece of advice that I would give to writers is is not and and Michelle has mentioned this and uh, is not to work in isolation. Um, and I'm going to say, you know, you network and you, you can contact authors and ask them questions. I think that that was going to be my next tip is to network and, um, with, with people who are published. Because most people who are published, um, I, I know in Christian, you know, I, I know largely Christian authors. Um, I do know some people that write outside of Christian fiction, but we have a community that really shares and helps. If I emailed, you know, for years before I started writing, getting serious about writing in 1997 when Victoria Christopher Murray released Temptation, I emailed her and asked her questions. I bugged her for years, you know, Jacqueline Thomas, you know, all these people who are really big, big national best-selling authors now, when they were first starting out, they always took the time to answer my questions. They yeah. always took the time to, you know, send me, you know, suggestions, you know, and they made the time for someone else who wanted to do what they were doing because you understand when you have that gift in your belly how if someone else has it you want to help you you really want to help them get there because you know and the other thing you know in Christian publishing I think that we we think a most of us think a little differently we really believe that there's enough room for all of us that mm-hmm. God has a place for all of us mm-hmm. and so you don't have some of the competitiveness Mm-hmm. that you have, you know, perhaps in other genres where, you know, I, I see that it's a little more cutthroat. 
So, you know, reach out to, to people who are published and ask them for help. But one of, the, one of the biggest things that I suggest to people that most people um, struggle with, um, second to, you know, actually learn, stop and learn the craft, don't rush, is finding some type of critique system. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a mistake a lot of people make. Even people who are multi-published make this mistake. They think, I can just sit down and write a book, and I've, I'm already published, so I don't need anybody to read my work. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the reality is the best writers out there, they don't, they, they're not going to publish anything without someone giving them some really good feedback. And I'm talking people who understand writing. Right. You cannot ask your mama and your no. sister <laughs> and your best friend and your cousin's book club president to read your novel. Now, no. you, you can do that to, to just get some some feedback, but right. family is not going to be honest. You, you right. have to have people who are going to be brutally honest with you in love tell you what you need to do. If the character is not working, if the plot is stupid, you need someone to say that to you. And you well, probably and you, need someone you, who writes to do it. And, you know, I think that it's not that the family is not going to be honest. They just don't know the, the ins and outs of what of it takes to world. produce a, a quality manuscript. You know, uh, so, uh, yeah, sometimes they they don't, they don't know what, what it takes. Like you just said, and nonfiction is totally different writing than writing fiction. And you have to understand the genres uh, that way too. But we have a question in chat, Rhonda, uh, from Mr. Z. And you talk about Christian uh, authors. He says, um, what has been the general reception of Christian uh, novels in the Christian community by leadership and lay members, because you know. Well, um, you know, it, it it I think it varies depending on in African American Christian fiction. I think that that by and large, it you know anything that we do that 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 has you know lasting value for Christ is is loved and accepted. You know, my my pastor talks all the time. I, have, I belong to a very large church, fifteen thousand members, and he talks all the time about you know, the types of entertainment that, that Christians are, you know, allowing in, in, in their lives and that there are things that you need to, you know, you need to step out and you need to think about some of the things that you read, some of the movies that you watch. And he's not going back to that, oh, you can't watch a movie, don't read a book, you know, just stay in the Bible. He's not saying that. But he's saying don't don't have your erotica and your Bible on the night to stand together. Don't do that. <laughs> and so, you know, he said find something a little more cleaned up that you can read. So I think that from, from in, in my experience, um, it is, is widely accepted. I know author Sherry Lewis right now is at a very large um, women's conference vending um, her her fiction books at, at a church that has 30,000 members here in Atlanta who, wow. who several years ago would not have allowed her to vend because they didn't understand what Christian fiction was. But now they embrace it because they realize that, you know, there are different ways to reach people. You know, Christian fiction is not just for Christians. You know, you want to edify the body of Christ. You want people who are Christian to, to have sources of entertainment that will be a blessing to them in turn, or even just clean, you know, something that, you know, is not going to vex them. But you also want to um, you want to be able to minister to people who will not walk into the church, someone that will pick up a book and perhaps learn something about themselves or something that will challenge them um, that would not come into a church because there are many ways to minister. So I think largely 
in my opinion, this is just my experience with the authors that I know, it is widely accepted. Now, not so uh, much in, in, you know, some of my, our, our Caucasian brothers and sisters who are penning Christian fiction are struggling in their churches. Mm-hmm. They, 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 they don't, you know, it's not as widely as accepted. So um, it depends. It depends on, you know, the, the church, how conservative, and how much the actual leadership understand what, what the book is about. Wow, and and I think that is why uh, Mr. Tyler Perry himself has boomed on the scene because you say he touches the people who never walk in a church, but he gives the underlying Christian values and and Christian uh, principles in his his works, and mm-hmm. that's what Christian fiction does. It's not just for Christian, and I, I had to explain this to somebody, but it gives that underlying effect. But we do have a call, Miss Rhonda, and let's bring them on. They have a question. Have the hand raised patiently. Okay. Hello, Miss Toy Ward. How are you? Now, how did you know it was me? Hi. <laughs> you said it in the first of all. Great, great, great show. Great show, Tanya. As always, I love you, love you. And made time. I got my kids quiet so I can oh. can listen. Um, and what I just heard was very refreshing. I mean, as you know, I just released my new novel, and it is not a Christian fiction novel. Um, and that was a. That was a decision that I made um, because of exactly what you, um, Rhonda, what you're saying, and that is I'm trying to reach a different audience. And as you know from the chat room, I actually did not know that urban Christian fiction existed. Um, But I think that there are people who need to hear the message of Christ and redemption and see it in real people. And my issue with traditional Christian fiction is that I never felt like the characters were genuine. Early on, I'm talking like 10, 15 mm-hmm. years ago. Right. If I walk in and my husband is in the bed with my best friend, it's not a, oh, Lord Jesus, <laughs> help me, strengthen me. I'm going to my mama's house for three days. It's not great. I'm going to get a bat or a gun or somebody. That's right. Mm -hmm. And there's going to be, and after that, there is going to be, because I'm Holy Ghost filled, (laughs) there is going to be repentance and all this other stuff. And I mean, and so what I wanted was for real people who um, feel God calling them, but they're afraid that they're not good enough to come into the church or that they can't behave the way that they're supposed to behave because they they will, you know, cut somebody out or slap them if they sleep with their husband. I wanted them to be able to read and see. But now that you're telling me this, I definitely am thinking about um, what I want to do with this second novel that's coming because that's a very interesting way to put it is that I don't have to take off the tag Christian in order to do my messaging. Absolutely. And I think that, that, you know, um, many years ago, if you're talking 10, 15 years ago, there were very few African-Americans being getting published in Christian fiction. And so in Christian fiction, largely, it's, it's prior to, you know, an urban books stepping into the game and Simon and & Schuster now and, you know, and, and some of the other, uh, you know, Hatchet stepping into the game, there was an organization called Christian um, Booksellers Association who governed Christian fiction. There there were rules, there were certain ways that you had to write, you, you know, there were things you could not include. It was very, very, you know, exclusive, you know. And if you wanted to be published, you had to you had to fit into that. And so now that uh, most 
Christian fiction authors, you know, are not are not in the CBA. You know, Urban Christian is it's you know Carl Weber has, he's his own entity. He's not you know at all affiliated with CBA. You know, Simon and Schuster. You know, Hatchet. They 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 want real stories. They don't have a list of rules. We do have submission guidelines at Urban Christian. Um, there are certain things that we, we they don't want in the books. We don't want explicit sex. We don't want you know uh, really bad language because. Christians are very so much. You know, you have Christians that are extremely conservative, and you have Christians that are not so conservative. And you, so you've got, to, you've got to be careful to walk that fine line, but you can do that and you can keep it real. Because honestly, you know, in my own writing, I'm kind of getting off topic, but there were times in my writing where, in my draft writing, where something would happen, you know, an unsaved character in my book would say something. They would curse or they would do, you know, and when I went back and I did my rewriting, I thought to myself, cha- I challenged myself to figure out a better way to make that, to say a certain thing without having to mm-hmm. use that language. The same way That's that right. I love God, you know, every day, I'm not perfect, but I have to challenge Rhonda sometimes to handle things in a way that would please God. And so what I did with my characters were, even though they weren't saved, I made sure that they, I, I you you can describe how a person feels. You can show how a character, what a character is going through without using a particular word. And that in itself, that is more art, and that mm-hmm. takes more creativity yes. than just saying the word. That's more work. And so, and, yes. you know, so we have guidelines, but they, if you read our books, if you begin to read our line, you'll see we are, you know, by and large, I haven't read all of the authors because I think we have 32 at this point, but they're keeping it real, mm-hmm. keeping it real and getting, and the books are selling like hotcakes. The line is doing incredibly well. Yeah, yeah. Well, I will Wonderful. definitely check it out. Thank you for answering that. You're welcome. Thank you, Ms. Toy. Thank you, Tanya. Talk uh-huh. to you later. Okay, bye-bye. You said so, uh, so much. It was, uh, I think you said, uh, somebody said this in the, um, the online seminar I took with you all last year, that it is challenging to find another way to write and show that emotion without using the profanity or right. uh, the inappropriate language. And, and it is challenging. And it, it, it takes you to another level as not only a writer but as a person because mm-hmm. I don't know how many writers you know, but I know when I write something, I, I have to live it out if I'm not already. And so if I write about healthy relationships, I have to have healthy relationships mm-hmm. and really put those uh, things into practice. But Miss Rhonda, our time has come to an end. I was thinking our time had come to an end. You, so I'm not going to be one of those people you got to have back on. Yes. <laughs> I do. I need to have you back on. I want you to quickly uh, uh, tell about your writing seminars because we have a few people in chat who are really interested okay. about writing. Okay. Um, we, my, my writers group is having a writers, uh, a writers conference. It's coming up very soon. Um, it's, it's virtual. It's going to be um, online um, and a lot in teleconference. What I'll do is I will uh, put a link in, in the web, in the chat room for the site. Um, great authors, Rashonda Tate Billingsley is, is one of our um, presenters. Uh, Vanessa Miller is going to talk about self-independent publishing. You know, she has been, I think, on the Essence bestseller list like 
eight times before she got picked up by um, a mainstream publisher. So she did extremely well at independent publishing. Pamela Samuels Young, Tia McCullers, really, really good speakers. Um, and a publicist, Dee Stewart, is going to talk about, you know, book events. And so that's coming up Thursday, April 16th through Saturday the 18th. Um, I'll put a link in the chat room, like I said, but the fee is $50. And you can learn more about that by visiting my blog, um, which is www.urbanchristianfictiontoday.com. Um, let me just say real quick, my blog is, is not affiliated with Urban Books at all. It's just something that I decided to do. But I, what I do is it's a platform for African-American Christian fiction. But I also give updates on different events and things that I know about that are happening in, in Christian, you know, in the Christian publishing arena and so um, you can also find out about the conference there and get the link there um, it'll be posted on a weekly basis I'll be updating information about that so um, if you that's are it. An author are looking to to enhance your skills I took it last year it really it was phenomenal it helped me because I'm a non-christian writer but I do plan have plans to write a fiction book mm -hmm. so taking that really helped me to get into perspective and understand that it's really, the two are really different, and you have to stretch yourself more in fiction and be more creative. Oh, so much. It's so, it's so different. Because I have a nonfiction project I'm working on, and when I work on that, I'm like, God, this is so easy because it's the truth. You know, yes, it's, yes. <laughs> it's easy. It's just research, and, and, and Christian fiction, writing fiction is totally different. Now, the one other thing I wanted to say real quick about our, our, our conference is, you know, writing is writing. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, like you said, you, you're not writing Christian fiction right now. Anyone who wants to learn about writing, because it, the, what you learn about writing can translate to any genre. I don't care if you're writing mystery. I don't care if you, whatever you're writing, um, this conference can help you. The fact that most of the presenters happen to be Christians um, doesn't mean anything, and I'm, no, and I'm sure that you can echo that, that that's how it was last year. You just learned about writing. Mm -hmm. and, um, but when I reach out, I reach out to my circle, and I reach out to people I know I can count on to show up and people that I know that are right. going to do good quality work. And so that's, that's why, um, by and large, most of the um, authors are, um, happen to be Christian fiction writers um, because that, that's the circle that we're familiar with, and, and I know that they do a real quality job. Right. Well, you have been phenomenal, Miss Rhonda. We are going to have you back, and we were going to follow up with you later. Please continue and chat. You have been a blessing to chat tonight, and uh, people are learning a lot, okay? Thank you. Thanks so much for having me, Tanya. Thank you. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Sherilyn? I'm still here. <laughs> girl, I know. I'm, I'm over here taking my notes, girl. But we have on deck, Miss Wanda. I see you, but we're going to take a two-minute commercial, play some commercial of some more Fabulous blog talk host. Um, I want you to catch, hear their commercials, catch their show. Sherlyn, give your information real quick before we go to a commercial. You can reach me at www.unveilingthemask.com, and that's M-A-S-K. I'm also on MySpace at myspace.com slash unveilingthemask, as well as blog talk. Yes. Okay, Sherlyn, we'll be back in two minutes. All right. Who's Spike Spielberg? Who? <laughs> Spike Spielberg? I don't know who that is. Spike who? Spike Spielberg. I have no idea who that is. Can you tell me? 
Spike Spielberg is bringing Hollywood to the Queen City. Y'all know y'all heard of him. We just like y'all know him. You better know him. You better know. You better recognize. You can check out Spike Spielberg live from the director's chair weeknights at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. www.blogtalkradio.com backslash Skibo Fence. S-K-E-E-B-O-F-I-L-M-S. Or log on to www.spikespielberg.com for more information. What's good, y'all? It's your boy, Daydon Tolbert. I hope you're enjoying tonight's show. After you get done with them, come check me out on the Daydon Tolbert Show. I got the hottest celebrity guests, plus the best relationship and dating advice you'll find anywhere. Listen live weeknights at 9 by logging on to AskDaydon.com. And then come check out my new social network, DaydonsPlace.net, for a chance to win $1,000. It's the hottest show around. Peace. This is the fifth Christmas that he promised that we were going to spend together, and here I am alone. He told me he was going out of town this weekend, but he never wants to tell me where he's going. It's funny, he always has to know where I'm going. Uh, It's the holiday once again, and I'm trying to call her, and she's not answering her phone. I wonder where she could be. Hmm, let me go see. I am sick and tired of this. I am worth more than that. Author Tanya White reveals the secrets to having healthy, productive, and long-lasting relationships in her new book, Relationship Reruns, How to Break the Cycle of Choosing the Wrong People for the Right Relationship. Being trapped in a relationship rerun is extremely frustrating and emotionally draining. If you find yourself in an irritating cycle of unwanted, unsatisfying, and unhealthy relationship patterns year after year, then this book is sure to break the chains that keep you bound to having the wrong people in your life. The brand new book, Relationship Reruns, How to Break the Cycle of Choosing the Wrong People for the Right Relationship, and also How to Deal with a Difficult Woman, is now available by logging on to www.tanyawhite.com. Once again, that's www.tanyawhite.com. Pick up your copy today. No more drama, y'all. Welcome back to Real Talk with Tanya White. We're talking about women who are shaping, shaking up the literary world. We have a phenomenal show. Sherlyn? Yeah. A lot of great information tonight. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. And we have Wanda Campbell online. And I, I always overbook my show because things happen. And if somebody doesn't show up, you have more time. But we're just blessed that everybody showed up tonight. And so we're going to have to have them back for more time. But let's welcome to Real Talk with Tanya White, Miss Wanda Campbell. She is the author of the new book, Illusions. Hello, Miss Wanda Campbell. Hello, Miss Tanya. How are you? I am blessed, and you? I am fantabulous today. We have had a, a very informative show about, with all these women shaking up the literary world, and we are so honored to have you on Real Talk with Tanya White tonight. Thank you. I've been listening in. It's been a great show. Yes, we have Sherlyn as my co-host, and we're going to dig right into it because we are at the last leg of the show, and we want to get as much information from you as possible. So to start off with, Miss Wanda, tell us who you are in your own words. Well, I uh, I think Shaka Khan said it best. I'm every woman. I'm a yes. mother. I'm a wife. I'm a minister. I work full time. 
Um, I'm a motivator, an encourager, and my but my biggest thing is I'm a servant of God. Yes, you're right. You are every woman, my sister. But it's Women's Month. That's why you're on, encouraging everybody else. Hey, Wanda, saw the hot cover for your hot new book, Illusions. I'm very excited about reading it very, very soon. So tell us about your book, Illusions. Well, Illusions is um, a story of a pastor who has an addiction. He has an addiction to pornography. Mm, And the story covers his struggle. Um, He's had it for a long time. He kept it hidden from his wife, and she finds out. And illusion goes through all the emotions that they feel, how she feels inadequate, how she feels betrayed, how he wants to keep it covered because of who he is in the church and don't mm. want to be exposed, mm. and how she's torn between, you know, she, she grew up in the church and she, she know all the church lingo. She got her church face on and what she's supposed to do to cover her husband, and but she's torn because she knows it's not right. It's, it's just it's. I, I like to say illusions is a very realistic view of what's happening today in the church. And girl, you just you just triggered a whole nother topic. Right. We're going to talk about <laughs> in April called church dropouts. Why so many believers are quitting church for that exact reason? Because there's so many illusions going on in church. But hey, I'm excited about reading that book. Uh, and one of his problem is that he feels that. He cannot confide in anyone in the church mm. that they will not restore him. That he he will pull mm. up because because of his position as pastor in the church, he's seen how other people have been responded to. He's heard the dinner conversations. And, oh my you know, god! The confidential stuff that was told in confidence was now over the pulpit. So he's afraid because mm-hmm. he doesn't feel that he. he he can expose himself and then be restored. Well, you so, didn't touch on a whole, because uh, uh, I'm doing a book on, uh, it's a male book, dealing with the, the, the struggles that men have. And you touched on his, his fear and his insecurity of not being accepted. And men go through that so much more than women yeah. go through. And sometimes, yeah. like you said, he had no one to turn to. And it's just not because he was a pastor, it's because he was a man he doesn't have an ally. Look, I'm probably going to go get that uh, this weekend. Where can we get this book? Whatever books are sold. It's online at Amazon, Borders, Barnes, or everywhere, every major bookstore. Wow. Sherlyn, do you have a question, girl? Yes. <laughs> now, I know, <laughs> you know, I got a ton, but I have a question, Wanda, concerning, because I know, um, sometimes the ideals are based off of real issues. Sometimes it's based off of personal issues. There's a lot of ways that a book can actually come about. But when you were saying in the book of Illusions that the pastor felt that he had no one to turn to or he had no one that he confided in because of his position. And I kind of want to ask a question regarding how real you feel that that is blatant in the church because I know sometimes the majority of us churchgoers tend to put our ministers on a pedestal almost as if they're godlike. <laughs> and I know we're all striving to be more Christ-like, but at the same time, none of us are perfect. That's why Jesus was on the cross. Mm-hmm. But how do you how can I, 
do you feel that there is that same stigma, whether it's pornography, uh, drinking, lust, whatever it may be, that a lot of ministers feel that, you know, they can expose their humanistical side for fear that they will lose their congregation? And do we as congregation put too much faith and trust? Not saying that we shouldn't have faith and trust in our leaders, but do we tend to see them more than the humanistical side. Oh, very much so. I have been in ministry for a, a ten year, over 10 years now, mm-hmm. and there's a line in the book where I say that the church has a way of robbing people of their humanity, almost mm-hmm. to the point of putting them in the place of God. Mm-hmm. And I have seen that so, so much. Um, and I don't think it's done intentionally, but... And, and some of us, is, some of it is the man's fault too, because we don't allow our human side to show. You know, we always, we are always happy and high every day, and that's not realistic. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't know how to come down sometimes and just be regular people. And so people in turn look at us and they put more into us because we're supposed to be God's servant and we hear from God. But so it's a two-way street here. But oftentimes. Uh, I find that a lot of ministers use that. They they feed off that because that's how they gain who they are. They feed off all that adoration, and then they don't know how to let it go when they really need help. Mm. And I believe that the church should be a safe haven from everybody, from the preacher to the usher. Yeah. Everybody should be a place to come in and say, I am struggling with whatever it is, mm-hmm. and be restored. You know, yeah. that's, and that's just a problem that, we have to work on in the church because we're we're so used to putting on the church face. Mm-hmm. You know, we talk the church lingo. Every day I don't feel blessed and highly favored. I have rough days. Oh you know, my I God. Just, oh my goodness. <laughs> oh my goodness. That is so days, true. I don't feel like praising God today. You know, right. some days I can't even little... pray for you. <laughs> so I want you to come pray for me. Exactly. To say that, if I can't say it in the church, I certainly can't say it in the world. Well, well, Wanda, let me ask you something on that point. For us to come to that point, first of all, we have to be true with our own lives and authentic in our own lives because once we do that, and I know this because I had to go through that transformation, once I was true to myself and, and really authentic with myself, flaws and all, then my compassion level increased and I could understand, even though I may not agree with what you, you did, I can sympathize and be compassionate and help restore and reconcile you to where you need to be. And a lot of people who are not true with themselves, they take offense. Uh, they shun themselves away from people who they know can pray them through and deal with them in truth. But it takes that coming to that point, okay, i got to be true. i got to take off that mask, Sherlyn, as you say, and stop masquerading. And then that, that part of the church can come about. Do y'all agree or disagree? What are your thoughts? Oh, yes. I, I think we're in the most denial with our own selves. Mm-hmm. And I, I, from my experience, I find that the majority of church folks don't really know who they are. Yeah, they know yes. Say that. told them who they are. They, they do what they're told they're supposed to do, but they really don't know who they are, the unique individual that God created them to be. Yes. Um, and a lot of times we lose ourselves in the church. Mm-hmm. God never. Woo. In the church. Yes. And the only place we have an identity is at church. 
Right. Oh, oh Lord, you, that's a whole nother show, now, Wanda. I have a, Wanda, I have a question because you touched on that, and as you know, that's partially of what unveiling the mass is all about. But my question goes into, because you just said a lot of us, uh, churchgoers don't know who we are, and you know we 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 quote scriptures. Uh, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made, but you don't even really truly know what that is. And is and the thing about it is, how can or what do you feel needs to take place for the church to just be real? You know, sometimes I I feel that we've been taught how to mask everything. We we make excuses. You know, when you walking down into the job and you ask somebody, how how's it going? Oh, girl, I feel fine. Would you just tell the truth? I feel a little bloated. I, I, I mean, we just can't just tell the truth about anything. We put on those masks and the pretense, and you know you can't get down and say it at church because, you know, everybody have on these pasted smiles and these decorated hats and stuff, and it's as if, you know, we grew up in the church or the Lord has favored us so highly, and we forget where he saved us from just yesterday. So when the pastor comes in and he has a humanistical era that needs praying or we need to gather around him or when a sister comes in whose dress is a little too high instead of talking about her oh she's a Jezebel and all this kind of stuff we tend to shun away in a lot of churches and form my cliques and still embracing everybody because yet we I feel that we feel we've lost where God just brought us from and what he saved us from because, and I tell everybody all the time at church, if you had to walk around with a piece of paper of your sin on your forehead, Mm -hmm. there would be nobody (laughs) looking down, pointing fingers and spreading rumors about nobody. If we had to actually were the sins that we've been saved from or that we're struggling with on our foreheads, and I think we've gotten so far away for that as in pretending as if we have a one-on-one relationship with God when some of us only call him up in church. Mm-hmm. Come on. Okay, no, listen, I- ladies, we have a call from uh, Raleigh, North Carolina, and uh, Wanda, we're going to get more to your book and more to writing, but I want to take this call. They've been patiently waiting with their hand raised. <laughs> Welcome to Real Talk with Tanya White, Raleigh, North Carolina, 919. Hello. Hello, this is Shanette Jones. Hi, Minister Wanda. Hi. How are you all, ladies? It's a blessing to be with you. Thank Hello. you for calling. I just want to say that I've read the book, Illusions, yes. and it is fabulous. The book ministered to me, and I believe that this book can minister to male, female, uh, Christian, or non-Christian. This book is highly effective. And it's something about it, the way she put it together, it really reaches deep down into someone's soul, and you have to do a self-inventory of yourself. You don't have to be going through the exact same situation, but it's something about the way she ministers in this book. It causes you to take a look at yourself and your situation and really just evaluate your life. This book is awesome, and it's at the library. It's at Barnes & Noble's. I've seen it everywhere. It's a great, great read. Well, I'm going to get it this weekend uh, because I can hear in her voice that she, she's that, excited. Um, yes. Uh, and Rhonda's <laughs> voice, the way she ministered uh, just through question. I'm going to get that this weekend. 
Thank you so much, Raleigh, North Carolina. Did you have anything Thank else you. to share? I didn't hear you. Did you have anything else to share? No, I just I just want to say the show is great. I'm glad to be with you all. Thank you so much for sharing. Okay, I'm gonna meet you out. Thanks, Miss Wanda. Yes. Now we're gonna to have to have you back. Of course, we're down to about three minutes. But I want you. Is this your first book? Actually, no. This is my second one. I self-published my first book first Sunday in October in 2007. Mm-hmm. So this is my first mainstream title. Okay. Now, how long did it take for this manuscript uh, for you to write, edit, and publish? Because a lot we're talking about authors, first-time authors, authors especially, want to rush the process. How long did it, t- first of all, take you to write this manuscript? Okay, now I must say this. This is the manuscript that God told me to write. It was given to me. Mm-hmm. I wrote it in six weeks. Yeah, I, I've been there. It can be done. So, writing. Six I know weeks. that's not normal, but I wrote it in six weeks. That's just the way God gave the story. Okay. And uh, it began as a short story. I won the Cruising for Christ short story contest mm-hmm. in 2007, and the prize was uh, a chance to have it turned into a novel. And Urban Christian contacted me two days later, and they wanted it. They wanted to know was it ready, and it wasn't. So I said, give me six weeks. And I didn't have a story at that time, just a short story. And I said, okay, now, God, I need a story. And that's how he gave it in six weeks. Wow. So that's uh, okay. Now, after you finish it, you turn it into Urban Christian. How long did it take for the editing, all that process? Because I want authors I, I, to understand that it takes long a time yes. for a good quality I, product. I turned the manuscript in in um, uh, October, and uh, it didn't get read until uh, January, and it didn't get pub released until this February. Okay, so it was, uh, about and, a year and a half. Okay, a year and a half. First time authors. That is normal time for a good quality product. Because it's so much from the cover to the editing to, you know, tighten it up. Don't rush it. I want somebody out there who may be an author. Do not rush the process. Wanda, we have a minute and a half. I want you to give three nuggets of wisdom to first-time authors, seasoned authors, on um, really what it takes to, after your book is published, what should you do? Because even if you're self-published or non-traditional uh, published, you're going to have to do something. The books are not just going to sell themselves. Three nuggets of wisdom or three uh, uh, tips to get your book out there. Okay. Market, market, and market. Market, market, <laughs> and market. Get in some online groups. You have to have a web presence before your book is published. Yes. But make sure you continue your web presence. Get into circles of people who are going in the direction that you want to go to. And um, be available to talk. Arthurs cannot be afraid to talk. Most of us, I'm an introvert myself, and I'm learning this talking thing. A lot of us want to be quiet, but be prepared to get out and sell your product. If you can't sell your product, nobody's going to buy it, no matter how good it is. Be excited about your product. Yes, yes. Great tips, Ms. Wanda. We're going to have to have you back. Give your contact information one more time before you have to go. You've been fabulous. My website is www.wandabcampbell.net. All right, and get illusions. I'm going to get it this weekend, Miss Wanda, and you will get an email from me when I finish the book. Thank you.
you. Oh, thank you so much for listening and being on. We're going to follow up with you later and get you back on here to talk to you more in depth. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right, Ms. Sherlin, we're down to four minutes. Wow. Oh, my God. This this show has been power-packed. <laughs> thank you, Paulette, Michelle, Rhonda, Kimion, Wanda, women who are shaking up the literary world. It has been phenomenal. Thanks to everybody in the chat. We have had the most wonderful chat tonight. Hello, Pastor Variance, Marcus, Adriana. Um, I hope I pronounced it right. Mr. Z, Rhonda McKnight, Dark Yoda, everyone who was here came and left. Miss Toy Ward, we're going to get you back. Um, wow, Sherlyn, final thoughts on this show or or whatever you have to say. I've I've been taking a lot of notes myself. I've been taking notes, too. I think I was totally silent. I was too busy writing when Rhonda was on. But the show is really fabulous. And what I want the listeners to do, it doesn't matter how great the show is. It doesn't matter how much good information the authors or whoever the guest may be that's putting out. If you don't take that information and apply it, you're going to be in the same shape. Listen to as many shows as you want to, and you're going to be in the same position. So, uh, I mean, it's great that we can put on fabulous guests and have wonderful shows, but when they're pouring their heart out, especially for free, if some of the authors know just how much, you know, the information that Rhonda gave, if they knew how much, you know, when it comes to marketing, how much people actually charge for their time. So when you get the free information, Take it and run with it. When Michelle and other people are saying, you know, I'll send me an email and, you know, we'll maybe I can deal specifically with your situation, send an email. Take mm-hmm. heed of all the free advice that you can, learn your craft, and make it happen. You have make no more excuses. There's no. That's my motto for 09. There are no more excuses. I want everybody to learn. If you want more about uh, business strategies, whether you're author or speaker, our shows on Sunday and Tuesday, Girl, Handle Your Business. We're going to get in depth on what you need to handle your business and make it boom and make it thrive. We're going to talk about branding uh, with T.C. Coleman is going to be here. We're going to talk about developing uh, a fantastic website, my personal web developers, Wayne and Diana Bowie, who developed my site and designed my site, are going to be here giving you uh, those nuggets of wisdom about website uh, development and what you need to attract people to your site. And then Tuesday, Anna McCoy, author of Woman Act Now, and also British Hill are going to be here to talk about sales, uh, uh, marketing, and movement on what you are supposed to do as a woman in business. And if you're a man, please tune in because it's going to apply to you as well. But our show's Girl Handle Your Business is going to wrap up our wonderful Women's Month because um, we're trying to stress every woman, overcome every issue so they can achieve every dream thank everyone in the chat tune in um next month we're going to a new time of 7 p.m eastern standard time a new format we're going to be 90 minutes long we're going to have some new topics new co-hosts sherlyn's going to be on every third thursday Lothario's going to be on every second thursday and if you want to drop in and co-host on the first or the fourth shoot me an email at real talk at tanya white and we can make it happen and that is that is beginning in april uh, visit TanyaWhite.com, UnveilingTheMask.com. Sign up for Sherlin, Sherlin's Corner, Tanya's Tips at TanyaWhite.com. Get relationship reruns and how to deal with a difficult woman. You can click it right on the Blog Talk page. 
If nothing else, I love, love, love everyone who listens to the show. You continue to bless Real Talk with Tanya White and encourage me as a host. I'm still learning. I'm still striving for excellence. And next uh, month, April, is going to be more phenomenal than ever. So thank you so much. Sherlyn, you have anything else to uh, say before we close out with Joe Scott's Golden? No, I just wish it's been a fabulous show. Thanks for having me. And also, everyone, go to Unveiling the Mass or MySpace.com and pick up Weekly Wisdom. Yes, pick up Weekly Wisdom. All right, everybody, we're going to close out with Jill Scott's Golden because that is what you're supposed to do. Live your life like it's golden. Talk to you Sunday. Bye-bye. Yeah.